turn with me to the Old Testament book of Exodus. The Old Testament book of Exodus. In chapter 20. You know, as we think about the world in which we live today, and we think about uh, some of the things that we just talked about in our prayer time, about being prepared or being ready. And, um, you know, you know I, Marilyn said that the, someone had stated that they, uh, everybody has an expiration date. And I've heard that saying before, except there was another sentence that went with it. Everybody has an expiration date. Some people just sour early. So, you know, that's uh, sometimes we meet those sour people in life. But being prepared for, for when this life is over. How do we do that as we live this life? And as we look into God's Word, God's Word has given us many instructions, many things to teach us about how to live our lives according to the commands of His Word, according to the truths of His Word, how to live in obedience, how to live in relationship to Him, how to live in relationship to one another. And one of those, I believe, is in the Old Testament Scripture, what we refer to as the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments give us instruction on how to live life. Now, the interesting thing is, is that a lot of people today feel that the Ten Commandments are outdated, that they're antiquated, that they no longer are applicable to life. Um, they can be a very controversial thing. Several years ago in 2003, November of that year, Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore, you may remember the event of the stories, he was removed from office by the state court of the judiciary, which said that Moore violated the state's code of judicial ethics by not obeying a federal judge's order to remove a monument Bearing the Ten Commandments. Uh, it is, was displayed uh, and was seen by the American Civil Liberties Union and the liberal interpreters of the constitutional law as a violation of their constitutional First Amendment. And so it's controversial, the Ten Commandments, simply ten instructions that God gives us on living life. The Supreme Court in 2005 heard two cases originating in Kentucky and Kansas. And, and again, the same thing. They were over the idea of the Ten Commandments. And uh, there were lawsuits that were filed and claims that were made that these displays were against their constitutional right to have to see them, to pass them, to observe them, and all of these things. And so the Ten Commandments have become, in our world today, they are no longer seen as relevant. And not just among the liberals and so forth in the world, but, but by all people. Uh, and there was a, a, a book that was written, uh, The Day America Told the Truth. And, uh, and in that book, James Patterson and Peter Kim used a survey, and it was completely uh, anonymous and it was a technique that guaranteed the privacy and the anonymity of those who took the survey. And in it, we found out a lot of things about people of America and how they view things. Because when they felt that nobody would know who they were, they were honest. 
They told the truth about things. And the interesting thing about that, the startling thing about that, the sad thing about that, is that in that survey, as they took it, only 13%, think about that small number, 13% of those believe that all of the Ten Commandments are relative to today. Only 13%. 40%, now that's a much better number, right? 40% felt that five of the ten, 50% of the Ten Commandments were relative today. The other five just didn't matter any longer. I think it's interesting. I wonder if they were selecting the five that were and the five that weren't, which ones they would find important and which ones they would find irrelevant and how those are applied to life today. There is, the survey concluded, absolutely no moral consensus in this country. Everyone is making their own moral decisions and making and choosing their own moral compass and they feel that the Ten Commandments or any commandments of God's Word are no longer relevant or binding to their lives. As I think about that and I consider what God's Word teaches us, understanding that the Old Testament Scripture is given to us to teach us lessons. Now, I'm a person who understands lessons. I have a wife. No, wait a minute. No, my wife is in education. And my daughter is in education. And I understand they talk a lot about lesson plans. What is the purpose of a lesson? What is the purpose of a lesson plan? The lesson plan is to set out the instruction that is going to be given in order to teach or instruct children something that they will maintain and use in life. That's why there's a lesson plan, and that's why they give a lesson. And we think about that, and we think about the Scriptures. The Old Testament Scriptures are given as lessons to us. They are, are written and preserved in order to teach us things that we will apply and use in life. And the Ten Commandments are a part of that. They are essential to life, they were essential to the life in the Old Testament Scripture, and they are essential to life today. And those commandments are summed up later in the Scripture in several different places, one of those being in the New Testament Scripture when Jesus is asked, what is the most important law? And Jesus' response to that is what? The first and foremost is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That was not, well, it is original with Jesus, but that was not the first time that had been used. It was used in the Old Testament Scripture to sum up the Ten Commandments. And he said the second is likened to it, and that is what? Love your neighbors, love yourself. Both of those statements that Jesus shared in the New Testament Scripture as the most important commandments are found in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Leviticus, in the Old Testament Scripture. He was literally quoting the Old Testament Scripture saying, Listen, for you as believers today, not in the Old Testament Scripture, but in the New Testament Scripture, for you as believers today, the most important thing are these two laws, and these two laws are what? And he said, and this is the whole law and the prophets. In other words, this is everything there is to it. 
And so he says, if we can learn to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and the second we will learn to love our neighbors ourselves, then that encompasses all of these commandments of the Old Testament Scripture. But that was not the first time that those had been heard. It's not the first time that those had been quoted. And so what I want us to see today is that the Ten Commandments are relevant because they reveal to us God's character. You get that? The Ten Commandments are relative because they, they reveal to us God's character. And so they're important to us. The first commandment teaches us that there is only one God and He is a jealous God. He says you're not to have any other gods. There's not to be anything else that takes the supreme place on the throne of your heart and in your life. He said it is me and me alone. That's the character of God. That's the nature of God. Is that He is the only true living God. The New Testament Scripture in turn says what? There's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Only one way. There's only one true living God, and He is a jealous God that says, Do not put anyone else on the throne of your heart and your life except for me and me alone. The second commandment reveals that He is a true, the true, and living God. That He is true, real, living. He is active. He is alive. He is there to care for us, and He is the true God. The third commandment, reveals to us that he is to be honored and obeyed by his people. And it also shows us that he is righteous and therefore his people should be righteous. See, as we read through these commandments and we look at them, they're not just some nice one-sentence sayings, one, one bullet points from the Old Testament Scripture for the people of that day. They are relative to our lives today. They are important to our lives today. And we need to live by them in our lives today. The fourth commandment reveals that He is the Creator and the Owner of all. And thus He is sovereign over all things and every daily event in our lives. Now we know, as we look at these commandments, that the first four that we just talked about, have everything to do with our relationship with Him. Understanding who He is. Understanding His power and His presence. Understanding His sovereignty. Understanding that He is the only true living God. And that He is to have first place dominance on the throne of our hearts and the way that we live each and every day and our interaction with Him as our Heavenly Father. And then we pick up with commandment number five. And the focus begins to shift. The fifth commandment reveals that he has all authority and has ordained order and authority in our lives. And we are to follow his instructions in regards to authority. It's not a matter of better than or less than or greater than or any of those things. It's simply that God, who is the creator of the universe who is the creator of all life, has designed a system and a direction of authority. And we are to follow that authority. That makes him the authority. And those that he places in authority are to be respected as such. And that's why he says we are to honor our father and our mother. 
is that He is the authority and He has placed them in the role of authority and we are to follow that guidance and that instruction in relationship to authority. And that we are to place them in positions that we respect, not because they're better than or superior or any of those other things, but because God has instructed us to do so. And we are to follow His plan. The sixth commandment reveals that He is the God of life and He is our final judge. He is the God of all life and He is the final judge. And we can read through these one by one and understand what they mean for us. The seventh commandment reveals that He is faithful and He is pure. And in His purity, He calls us to be faithful and pure. He calls us to live at a standard that is above those who are not believers in His kingdom, who are not His children in His kingdom. The Eighth Commandment reveals that He owns everything and that He blesses our labor and that which we do. And so we need to understand the significance of that as we live day by day, moment by moment. The Ninth Commandment reveals that He is truthful and trustworthy. That's His character, that's His nature, and that's what He calls us to. He calls us to, to shape ourselves in His image, to follow in His steps. And so He is truthful, and He is trustworthy, and He calls us then to be truthful and trustworthy. And the Tenth Commandment reveals that He is our provider and the one who satisfies all of our needs. As we look at these Ten Commandments and we understand the significance of them and the role of them, beginning to relate that these truths are applicable to our lives today, that we are called to be faithful and obedient to these truths. Pick up with me, if you would, in Exodus, the 20th chapter. Then God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord God who brought you out of the land of Egypt And out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. Or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath. Or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I am the Lord your God. Am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord our God in vain. For the Lord will not leave leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Understand the impact and the seriousness of these commands. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, and you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. 
You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And all the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Ten commandments. Ten principles of instruction that we are called to obey as we live life. These are not just antiquated, outdated, old laws for people who lived way back then. These are principles of truths of the commandments of God's Word that are applicable to our lives today. They govern our relationship with Him. They govern our relationship with one another. And they provide the moral and the ethical framework in which we are called to live and, and to as a nation, as individuals as well. And so people say things like this, well, I thought we were set free from the law. That's what God's Word says, doesn't it? It says that we were set free from the law. Well, yes, but we have to understand the truth of that and what that actually means. Because in the Old Testament Scripture, there were three kinds of law. And we have been set free from the law, certain kinds of the law. And so the first kind was ceremonial law. It was a law that was given and was to be used in order to, to, for it to be uh, consisted of the God's regulations for Israel's worship and, and their sanctuary, and that's no longer in effect. Now, that we no longer are, are dealing with those things because they were a foreshadowing of that which was to come, and that was Christ Jesus. And so he says in relationship to that, that this ceremonial law that was established, it was all established to prepare the way and to show for the coming of Christ Jesus. But when Christ came, those things are no longer applicable. That was the ceremonial law. Then there's the civil law. That's the law of the land. And it's set out in the Scripture as well. And, and it is consistent with the laws that the, govern the nation of Israel. And those also no longer apply because the church is not a state. America is not a theocracy. And, and we understand that they can act as a guideline for us. But we are no longer bound by those laws. But then there is the third set of laws. And those are the moral laws. It's the morality that re represents and reflects the character of God. And the Ten Commandments are moral laws. And we are still bound by the moral laws. We are still called to obey and to live at a moral standard, an eternal standard for our relationship with God and our relationship with others. It is a moral law that is a fixed position. It doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And so the morality doesn't change. The morals that He calls us to live by are consistent in His Word and in our lives. And so we can't just go, hey, listen, I know th those are great things back then, but that doesn't apply to me today. It does. Because His moral law never changes. We can't say, well, listen, I know they lived by those things back then, but we live in a different world today and things are different and people accept things more than they did back then. It doesn't change. 
The moral law is fixed like the North Star. The North Star is the North Star, and it's not ever going to move. It's there. It's set. It's where it's going to be. These moral laws are set. They are consistent. He calls us to live by them now and forever. They do not change. If you want to leave your finger there in Exodus chapter 20, fantastic. Flip over with me, if you would, with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we want to read just a few verses together and see what Jesus says about this law. Matthew chapter 5, beginning, if, if you would, in verse 17. And he says this, Do not think that I came to abolish the law of the prophets. Okay, moral law. Don't think that I came to abolish it. In other words, I didn't come to do away with this, right? So notice what he says. He says, I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. In other words, he said to give them fulfillment. In other words, to bring them fully about. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not a small letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. What did he just say? He said this moral law that I'm talking about, it never goes away. Until God's kingdom is fully established for eternity, He said, they're never going to change until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments, listen to this, we can't change the commandments of God, the moral laws of God, to fit how we want to live or what we think is good or bad or acceptable. He says, these things cannot be changed. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and so teaches others shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. He says, listen, I want you to understand, I came not to get rid of the law. I didn't do away with it. I came to fulfill it. And in its fulfillment, we are called to live by it, not by the ceremonial law, not by the civil laws. He says, but you are called to live by the moral laws that I have established in my word that are immovable. They are not debatable. We can't change these things to fit our desires or our wants or what makes us happy. We have to live by the moral law of God's Word. And the Ten Commandments are a part of that moral law. The Ten Commandments are establishment of the foundation of the morality of God's people. And the Ten Commandments, there's a book that written, and it says this, it says, They were written in stone. Because they were to never be changed. They were to never be done away with. They were established for then and for all time. And he says we need to understand the significance and the importance of living by the laws that God has given us. They are moral laws to establish and give us a moral compass. And I think all of us would agree as we look around the world in which we live today that, that there's a lot of folks with a moral compass that is way out of balance. A lot of folks living by a moral compass that does not lead them in the right moral direction in life. And we have to deal with that. We have to face that. But the truth of the matter is that you and I must return to the basic truths of God's Word and we must live by that moral compass. We can never expect anyone else to live by that. If we call ourselves believers, if we call ourselves the children of the Lord and the followers of Christ, and we're not living by His moral compass, then they look at us and go, well, if that's what being a Christian is all about, I don't 
necessarily want anything to do with it. And so he calls us to live by a standard higher than, a standard set apart from, a moral law that directs us and that leads us and guides us in our relationship with him and our relationship with others. And so this morning, as we prepare for invitation him, I just want you to reflect a moment and ask yourself the question, where am I in regards to living in relationship to God's moral law? Have I tried to change it to satisfy me? Have I tried to rationalize and, and, and explain away these, these antiquated, outdated old things that don't apply to my life? Or am I still willing to hold to the moral truths of God's Word and live by the instruction that He's given us in regards to life, in relationship to Him, in relationship to others? And if there's any decision on your heart that you need to make about those truths today, this invitation is for you. And I invite you to come as we stand and we sing.